Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, the McCann EV gets a launch date. BMW expects combustion cars to decline from now. And EV monthly subscriptions. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what Elon Musk is saying about his future at Tesla. I'm Martin Lee, and I go through hundreds of articles, feeds, and stories a day, so you don't have to. And in 20 minutes, you can be absolutely up to speed every day on the world of electric vehicles and how we power them. We're live at 8 a.m. UK. That's 5 a.m. Eastern to start a brand new day with everything you need to know. Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. Well, it always happens, doesn't it? Just as I hit publish on yesterday's podcast, Porsche uploaded a graphic to their website, which gives the details of the McCann. And on yesterday's podcast, did a whole bit about, oh, I think the McCann EV is going to be announced sometime this month, but we're not sure when it's going to be. And yes, there you go. January 25th. If only I'd waited a little bit. Uh, January 25th is when we'll see more details of the all-electric SUV. A teaser of the McCann EV was released on Porsche's official website yesterday. Uh, The vehicle has a 100 kilowatt hour lithium-ion battery, a range of over 310 miles, various range tests were done. Have a look at Kyle's. Now, Kyle Connor, my buddy from the Batteries Included podcast, uh, he said it wasn't perfect because he couldn't do exactly 70 all of the way. There was a few bits where he had to kind of slow down and get back up to speed. Didn't meet his standard of a 70-mile-an-hour range test. Other outlets said that they did theirs and then said, well, the average speed was 60. Well, he did faster than that, but still doesn't count it in his official uh, sort of rankings, as it were. But still said, look, it's 323, 325 miles at decent speed in the McCann EV. And so on the WLTP cycle, it's going to be something like that. Uh, EPA will be less. McCann EV is the first Porsche on the PPE, Premium Platform Electric Architecture, 800 volts with... The chance to go to 80% in less than 22 minutes. A 270 kilowatt DC fast charging. Porsche has a high voltage switch to divide the pack, battery pack into two, each operating at 400 volts to get the most from lower voltage chargers. Uh, the vehicle has active suspension management, a two-valve damper, air suspension, rear axle transverse lock. There's rear wheel steering as well, up to five degrees. This Mechani V looks like the real deal, and we'll find out more. Like I say, it's going to be January 25th. Now, let's talk about the US EV market, because a couple of numbers came our way. Uh, the Cox Automotive data said 1.2 million for 2023, pure bevs in the US. Pete Buttigieg, on a a call a couple of days later mentioned the number 1.4 million. Well, let's have a look at the last quarter of the year in the United States. EVs grew a 29% growth in Q4, which debunks all of these mainstream headlines, which I'm seeing more and more at the minute. It's giving certain people the wobbles uh, about some sort of declining growth in EV world. Ask yourself, why are those stories being written? Who's planting them? Who's paying for them? Vested interest, my friend. Uh, this growth marks a 122% increase in full BEVs compared to the same time in 2021. Uh, the EV market is diversifying in the US. You've got more models on sale, but it is still dominated by Tesla with over 50% of the market. Now, BMW has reached a significant shifting point with electric cars now driving most of their growth story, outpacing the growth of combustion vehicles. The chief financial officer of BMW, Walter Myrtle, was doing a roundtable call with journalists yesterday and talked about the tipping point. The tipping point for combustion engines has gone. 
he said it was last year. And that's interesting because there's been some stories floating around. One of them was from Toyota recently, which I actually didn't report on on this podcast. I think it was either a day when I was just ram-jammed with stories because I could make the show an hour and you don't want that. But there's enough to talk about and discuss. And then there's sort of tangents and things. But there was a Toyota story, I'll be quick, uh, which said that they are going to carry on developing combustion technology because they believe it can become more efficient and they don't need electric vehicles. Toyota think the best clean green way to do it is for engines to get a little bit more efficient. BMW completely disagree and say we are way past the point of combustion engines. And in fact, the tipping point was last year, which was interesting because... Uh, this is BMW, and that's Toyota, and they'll do their own things. Uh, in the previous year, BMW recorded a 15% sales share for all electric vehicles in 2023. That's going to be 33% by 2026. When you look at the new models, six new models coming from BMW, their new class line, the new class, if you like, initiative, a multi-multi-billion euro investment to bridge the technology gap with some competitors. BMW know they're behind uh, with some things like efficiency versus Tesla, for instance. Other things they do better. They, they, the, the i4 chassis is really good. Um, and particularly the rear-wheel drive versions, that really good. The, uh, the parity in profit margins, though, is an interesting thing to talk about because lots of people say, well, all the car makers are losing money on EVs. It's simply not true. BMW make money on electric vehicles. There's sort of two points here. It's do they make money? Like VW have always said we make money on every ID car we sell from the first one that came out of the factory. There's a difference between EVs being profitable, and they didn't used to be, by the way. That's a very much a legacy story that uh, just needs to be forgotten about. EVs are profitable for the car makers. I mean, <laughs> they're not the cheapest cars they sell, let's face it. And also, there's margins. Now, in terms of profit margins, combustion stuff is still very profitable for some of the car makers. The parity in that profit margin for BMW, they say 2026. They've got the roadmap. They know it's coming. They, they're, you know, they're planning 20 years in the future. According to Myrtle, we're two years away from that. The CEO, Oliver Zipser, asserting BMW's profitability will be maintained or even enhanced by the move to electric vehicles and this new platform. Now, a quick one on Dodge. Dodge introduced their Charger Daytona SRT, their performance electric vehicle, in pre-production format. Uh, scheduled for release later in 2024. I'm surprised it's coming this year, but they say it is. We'll take them at their word. It's going to be competing with things like the electric Chevy Camaro, which is coming in a couple of years' time. The EV's debut for the Charger Daytona SRT was done on Dodge's social media yesterday, showcasing a design largely mirroring the concept we saw Oh, 15 months ago or so, wasn't it? And the design features carbon fibre intakes, a big illuminated front grille, a wide light bar at the front, and uh, the Charger Daytona SRT with an 800-volt powertrain, all-wheel drive, Hellcat versions uh, will be put in the shade by this car. 800, 7, 800 horsepower, I think, in this, so it's not going to have, you know, a 1,000 plus horsepower, which it probably should do. However, uh, we, they say it's coming this year, which is mega news. Now let's talk about batteries and South Korean firm SK. SK On plans to commence large-scale manufacturing of lithium-ion phosphate, LFP batteries, in 2026. They're a little bit behind the curve on this one. And uh, the company's exploring partnerships with the big car makers to offer uh, a more economical battery option, which makes the cars that you and I buy cheaper. Now, uh, the chief admin officer of SK On has been talking publicly today about their strategy to supply LFP batteries and to align with the Chinese competitors, the likes of CATL. And the South Koreans 
they just caught behind a little bit with with that technology. I mean, LFP technology is not new and sexy. It's been around in buses forever, but it found a new home in cheaper cars. Uh, Tesla made it, took advantage of it with the, in China as well with the um, with the Model Three initially. Um, SK talking about the LFP battery strategy and production timeline for the first time, aligning it with 2026 production goals from Samsung and LG as well. SK supply the likes of Ford, Volkswagen and Hyundai, if you're wondering, and they've got manufacturing in the US, in Korea, obviously, Hungary and China. They've not yet begun negotiations with their American uh, clients, the car makers there, but LFP battery supplies. Um, but given the discounting that we're already seeing from China, from CATL and, and BYD, it should mean that it's a competitive price. And like I say, the vehicles that you and I end up buying become cheaper. Now, Honda. <laughs> Real shame that the little Honda E is now out of production. I love that vehicle. And Honda, and it's it's difficult to talk about Honda and Toyota and not mention that they're both Japanese and that there is something with Japanese culture, which I admire enormously. And they know how to manufacture automobiles, that they're so, they're so good at it. But... There's something about this move to EV, about Japanese culture, about the the business models there. They just don't seem to get what the rest of the world get. But Toyota are the world's biggest car maker. So that's always a good comeback, right? Who's this idiot on a podcast (laughs) criticizing Toyota when they're doing absolutely fine? Thank you very much. Pipe down, podcast boy. But Honda now saying that they're going to wait for a breakthrough like solid-state battery technology to develop small, cost-effective electric vehicles. On the contrary, the Chinese go, well, we don't need it. It's on the road right now. And and VW going, yeah, ID1, ID2, whatever they call it, the, the Polo, the Uppie, whatever they call it. it. That's Yeah, that's coming. That's a couple of years away. We can't wait for it. Uh, the CEO, uh, Toshihiro Mibe, highlighting the battery costs across vehicle segments and saying, yeah, you know, for small vehicles, it is more challenging. And that's why they need to wait for solid-state batteries, which reduce costs and improve range for a target price of $30,000 before they'll make a small EV. But look, with the the federal tax credit now on Tesla Model 3s, actually, uh, look at Model Y, uh, look at the Chevy Bolt, uh, look at the used uh, a used EV federal tax credit, uh, less than 25 grand. You can pick up brilliant EVs, for which are one or two years old, for fifteen, eighteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 now with incentives. So no, the whole thirty thousand thing, I, I don't take, I don't believe it. But also, I'm not running Honda, so you've got to give the CEO time of day because he knows what he's talking about more than me. He acknowledges the need for a big tech breakthrough before they'll make a small car. Uh, they've got the Prologue SUV coming soon with the GM. That collaboration that should launch this year. That looks like it's going to be a fantastic vehicle. And I just wish they'd follow that up with another and another and another, like all the other big car makers, the South Koreans, the Germans that are doing it really well, the Chinese, obviously. The company announced the discontinuation of the Honda E in Europe, which was 40,000 euros, 138 miles of range. A real shame because it was, yeah, okay, it was style over, you know, range, but that's great. It's like the Mini. That's, you pay a little bit more, but you get a fantastic, fantastic vehicle. Now, stick around. We'll talk about... Uh, cars heading there, heading towards Europe with their own car carrier, which just launched today. And that big minivan from Volvo, the EM90. Yeah, got news on that. Stick around. So thanks for listening to the free version of the podcast. If you heard an ad or two there, do sprinkle them in. I make a little bit of money from that. Uh, by and large, 
I'm able to do this because of Patreon, and I'd welcome you to having a look at that because you can sign up for 5 or $10 a month, maybe more, if you're an organization or a company, you want some promotion, uh, to the many, many thousands of people who listen all around the world to this show. And uh, it's patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Strip out the ads because you get your own podcast feed. Now let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about Nissan, uh, following up from uh, just about Honda. Let's talk about another one, Nissan, delaying the start of production for two new electric vehicles to be made as per a supplier memo seen by Automotive News. So this is not an official announcement, but that's one of the great media publications. We absolutely trust their reporting. The postponed vehicles are a pair of sporty, EVs, one branded Nissan, one branded Infinity, meant to be here in 2025, pushed back to 2027. Codenamed the LZ1F uh, is the Nissan one. The Infinity was codenamed LZ1E, now pushed back to April 2027 um, there at Nissan. Attributed to concerns about EV profitability and the market demand, which Nissan seem to be in alignment with, like I say, some of those erroneous media reports that are out there. Uh, they say that they need to enhance the product competitiveness. I don't. I don't want to go on this Japanese thing, but uh, Nissan and Honda and Toyota are not making the headlines at the minute. They're saying, "Well, we can't make a good EV." And when they do make an EV like the BZ4X, it's really bad. And and they say, "Oh, they said they had to make hardware changes for the, model, for the 2024 model year." Which you know, Toyota have done some work on that with the new thermal management system. On that, it should cold charge better, should DC fast charge in colder temperatures. But this is like I don't know. I've been doing this what four or five years now, and this was the the stuff of a long, long time ago. And these are big, brilliant manufacturing companies, and I want to pay them the respect they deserve, but there's an element of, I just don't get it, and I'm going to get my head around it. All right, I'll stop. Now let's go to China, where which has surpassed Japan as, next, as, as the car exporter leading the world. BYD, the world's biggest EV maker as of Q4, surpassing Tesla. BYD's first car carrier. They've got their own car carrier now. I told you about it a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that it had arrived and that it was loading vehicles. And today it's just departed port on its maiden voyage after loading vehicles in Shandong and Xiaomo port in Shenzhen. It's a roll-on, roll-off carrier. It's 200 meters long, 7,000 BYDs on board. And how amazing is that? The confidence of the Chinese in exporting vehicles that they actually ordered their own, the first of six car carriers themselves. It's called BYD Explorer 1, and it began loading on January the 9th, and it uh, set sail today, heading with 30... Uh, yeah, it's um, with... Uh, sets out today with cars heading to Europe. So if you're expecting a BYD, for my European listeners, it's on its way. 36,000 NEVs, well, or EVs, really, uh, were made by BYD for overseas sales last month in December alone. Wowzers. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Zika. Now, I know it's a Chinese car, the Zika 009, the MPV, the minivan, but I mention it because this is also the Volvo EM90. Uh, Zika's part of Geely, and they unveiled an upgraded version of their 009 MPV, the minivan, whatever you want to call it. It was launched back in November 2022, and customer deliveries began this time last year, actually, February 2023. First customers got it in China. Uh, two trims in that, both with lithium-ion batteries, 
116 kilowatt hours or 140 kilowatt hours. They've increased the base spec. The price has been bumped a bit, but the base spec has gone up. But looking at the, the pictures of these these versions again, and and imagining what the Volvo version is going to be like if they do sell it in Western markets, the EM90, the minivan. I mean, you know, we talk about captain seats in the back, but these two captain seats in in the, the second row are basically the same as... No, they're even nicer than the front row. They're basically like first-class reclining seats on a luxury airline. They do lay flat, almost flat, I think. They've got their own tray tables that fall out, very wide armrests, very luxuriously appointed, heated, cooled, obviously, touchscreens in the doors next to them to all, to, to, to do those things, and it's, uh, it's pretty impressive. And the Volvo version, like I say, if we do get that outside of China, I mean, it won't be cheap, but it's going to be a really special vehicle. The 140 kilowatt version, a kilowatt hour version, oopsie, is the Kirin battery introduced by CATL back in June 2022. Last year, they sold 19,000 versions of the Zika 009, the Chinese version. So we'll wait and see what Volvo, it, it, they, I imagine it would reflect that because it's the same vehicle, but with the Volvo skin on the outside and... I think that's a good thing because the front of it looks like an you know an EX ninety or, or in sixty or a forty whatever it's got that Volvo face. It's the rest of it is pretty sort of basic minivan, but either way, uh, I, I think this is an exciting vehicle. Okay, let's talk about subscriptions. And to do that, we'll go to France, where they're experiencing a surge in monthly subscription services for EVs. Now, the same thing happened over here with a company called Onto, which grew to be huge, and then. Unfortunately, didn't make it into administration last year. I think they're kind of sort of selling off, sort of defleeting, if you like, the vehicles that they are done with, which is a real shame. I liked them to use them as well. I had them on this podcast, and they seem like good guys and girls, but um, it didn't work out for them. However, in France, things are going well with subscription services. What about where you're listening? Have you got a, a local service that you can rent monthly from? In France, things are going pretty well for these services that offer flexibility, where you can rent an EV for periods of, you know, a month, Three months, six, nine, 12 months, payments are monthly. The rental approach is distinct from the French government's 100 euros per month scheme. Let me clarify. Renting under these plans gives drivers the chance to experience EVs without commitment. You can switch cars. You can go to a plug-in hybrid maybe and try that out. The popularity of these plans is coinciding with the French plan, like I say, which is President Macron's introduction of the 100 euro a month payment plan for lower income drivers that started on january the first this year it's a social leasing scheme targeting the lower 50 percent of households in terms of earning income eligibility based on a taxable income per household of less than fifteen thousand euros uh the eligible drivers for the government scheme have to be the major user of the vehicle, driving over 8,000 kilometres a year or living more than 15 kilometres from their place of work where they commute to by car. To qualify, you've got to be over 18 and prove your residence in France. Four to five million people could benefit from that scheme across the country, which is now, like I say, in operation. So let me know if anything like that exists where you are. Maybe you've tried these monthly rental services or maybe there's a Uh, a government or a local scheme that operates where you're, I don't know about, I'd love to hear from you. Now, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, Elon Musk has been tweeting about his status at Tesla. And it's an interesting one. Elon Musk previously sold Tesla shares to cover both tax liabilities and also to finance the acquisition of Twitter. He is now saying very publicly, he doesn't have enough control at 
Tesla. In a post on social media, he expressed discomfort at working at Tesla with just a 13% ownership, hinting that he needs at least a 25% ownership to develop new things within Tesla. He said that Tesla, you know, Tesla over the years has been many things. It's been a car company when that didn't suit them. They said it was an energy storage company when that didn't suit them. It was a robotics company when that didn't suit them. They said, oh, we're an AI company these days. Now, he is also developing his own AI company, XAI, outside of Tesla. So obviously, you know, limited pro- publicly traded companies are siloed. Now, he might work across them, but he is meant to run each one fully for the benefit of the shareholders. Some people say that he tends to use them all as one big sort of melting pot of companies and and uh, and think of that what you will. But either way, he is developing his own AI company outside of Tesla. And he says he would be uncomfortable developing AI technology within Tesla, which he has said is an AI company, unless he has more voting power. His concern is that within less than with less than 15% of voting rights, he said it's too easy for decisions to be overridden against his preferences. Well, that's the point of a board of directors, my friend, and and a shareholder base, but never mind. Uh, Tesla's focus is moving away from the millions of robo-taxis that should have been ferrying people around years ago to supervised level two autonomy uh, rather than the earlier goal of connected robo-taxis. Elon Musk's demand for more power could be a couple of things that I can see. This is my opinion, and I could be wrong, so please let me know. Uh, It could be him setting the stage for a new compensation package. And that compensation package could be a return to 25% ownership of Tesla by awarding him more stock. It could be the beginning of the end of him and Tesla. He can't run Tesla forever. He, none of us can do anything forever, let's face it. Uh, we all need to recognise our mortality, as it were. But he will. He might just want to go run social media companies and send rockets into space. He might want to hand over Tesla to somebody else. I thought that might have been the CFO, Zachary Kirkhorn, had been there a long time, very high profile. Could be someone like... Drew Baglino, who also has a, a big profile, who is an engineering-based person that could take on the CEO role. Any of this, of course, would be a huge promotion for anybody within Tesla. But there's so many capable people that could do that role. This could be him setting the stage for his his departure. It wouldn't be imminent, but he's maybe beginning to sow the seeds. Or maybe he's just starting to angle for the next. He might not want you know, the biggest payday financially well of course it would be if he's if he's granted stock but he just wants more control and look uh, honestly the board is packed with either family members or lick spittles that are going to vote with elon musk either way so the whole premise of oh i don't have enough control at tesla that's a that it, it's nonsense anyway because whatever elon musk says the board will the family members on the board and the people who will when he says jump say how high will follow him. So that it's 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 disingenuous to say that, but of course people will believe it, you know, online because he said it. But I don't believe it to be true. There's a few things that he could be doing here. Uh, uh but I would uh, I would be surprised if he's setting the scene for his his departure of Tesla, whether that is a year or 5 years away, I don't know. It has to happen at some point, and I think the company is in rude health for when he's not around. The same as obviously, you know, Steve Jobs is different because it was a passing um but that company it might not have the excitement of those product launches with Steve Jobs on stage, and that's fine because it excited a certain member of the tech press. But, you know, although they're, they they are now no longer the world's richest company, Microsoft just took that, but, uh, you know, Apple is right up there. So Apple's doing fine, and Tesla will do fine when Elon Musk goes. Um, some people say 
Some things will be better, some things will be worse. Okay, let's talk about Ford's electric ambulances. Uh, London's emergency fleet is getting better. Uh, beginning, opera- beginning operations on New Year's Eve, the London Ambulance Service here in the UK has four custom-made transits, which are full EV. It's really funny because um, my dad was a paramedic, and, and I remember growing up being like five, six years old. He'd take me to the ambulance station. And it was always transits. And as I got older, I remember them changing. Because I was always into, into, I was always into cars uh, as, as when I was young. And uh, they were like Evicos and things. And they were never as good. Like the, the old 70s transits and the early 80s transits were just like real beasts as well. They're so cool. But anyway, um, and uh, obviously, you know, long-term listeners, and my, I lost my dad recently to pancreatic cancer. So I saw this story and was like, oh man, I would have, I would have, I would have clicked copy and paste and sent this one to dad. Cause he, he loved his EVs and, uh, uh never mind, eh? But, um, and London Ambulance Service got their first transits. Oh, Dad always loved the transits. Oh, man. Um, uh, fully electric, and uh, obviously that means that the, with the big traction battery, you can use that to power specialised services and auxiliary power, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. The vehicles are so much better because of it. Um, a total of 12 electric ambulances are being piloted by the NHS in collaboration with the various ambulance trusts around the country to gather initial data so they can roll it out and, and, and make sure that it's nice and glitch-free. The addition of them um, expands the UK's largest emergency fleet of electric vehicles, 42 fast-response cars and three electric motorcycles and 160 zero-emission vehicles operating in the fleet in London. Uh, they've got 56 charging stations, ambulance stations going in, uh, 56 chargers to ensure that they can obviously uh, be ready for whatever those vehicles need to do. Congratulations to GWM, Great Wall Motor, the Aura here in the UK. Uh, the Aura Funky Cat has sold a thousand of them. Uh, a customer in Exeter who chose the first edition plus model was the lucky thousandth owner. And uh, it's uh, it's an interesting car, not the cheapest, but you can I think you can lease it for sort of two, three, nine a month. Not sure what uh, the down payment is and stuff on that, but quite a high spec, but not the cheapest of Chinese cars. And Veolia, the UK's waste management company, is implementing vehicle to grid on their electric bin lorries. Sorry, refuse trucks, I should call them. Uh, 45 of them, jointly purchased with Westminster Council in July of last year, have now got their V2G capability, uh, which means that they can uh, feed energy back into the grid when they're not being used. They've got big, big old batteries, as you can imagine. And the trial saw them, I think, putting about 100 kilowatt hours back into the grid each day. And so trading that energy, uh, the project is a step forward towards their goal of fully electrifying their fleet. And the plan is to power thousands, hundreds of thousands of homes with their entire fleet of vehicles, which they will all be vehicle to grid. Um, And the first ones uh, say the trial is working really well. That's your podcast for today. Thank you so much to our premium partners, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley and Nevo.ie holding Ireland's first electric vehicle show in partnership with the Bank of Ireland on Feb 17th in Dublin. Get your free tickets at Nevo.ie. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and at least plan electric moments. All the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.